0: How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam.
1: Hello everyone, James Christie here for the Leadership Jam Session podcast. Today's episode, we are going to drop you into a conversation with several leaders facilitated by Rob, focusing on the topic of when an employee comes to you and decides to tender their resignation because they've been offered another position for more money. How would you handle that situation? Let's drop you right into the conversation. Enjoy the episode.
0: So here's the scenario. One of your employees comes to you and says they were offered a position at another company for more money, which is common. Happens a lot. Whether or not an employee comes and tells you that is one thing. But in this scenario, they do. So how do you handle that?
2: Any thoughts? Yeah, it's happened a few times, believe it or not. And you can almost sense the phone call. Well, I have something to tell you. (laughs) And you know it's coming. so you really have to cool your emotions, take your emotion out of it for a minute and really listen. And just process for a moment and understand what they're saying, because sometimes it's on you, you start, your mind start wondering, Oh, now I've got to do this, now I've got to do this. And it's hard not to let your mind wonder. So yeah. I think just sitting and initially just listening and not reacting and, and kind of processing what they're saying is my first step and then asking some questions i think yeah. if you've built a relationship with them uh, that has enough trust in it ask them where you're going who you're working for is this going to be right for you along those lines but that's my first reaction It's just to slow my emotion yeah. let them speak and listen and process right and, and
0: yeah right and so Then the question becomes, do you keep them, try to retain them? Yeah, I was
3: just going to add on to Kevin. What I would do initially is just congratulations. That's great. I mean, you're very marketable, obviously. And I just would like to learn more about this. Tell me a little bit, what prompted you to look? You know, of course you want to find that kind of information out. What do they offer you? What's attractive about this company? What's really drawn you to it that you're even considering it at this point? Just ask them some clarifying questions along those lines. I think really to really congratulate them and, and try to say, that's great. I want nothing but your best interest. And if this is right for you and your family to take the defensive posture out of it, that they don't have to justify anything with me. It's just share with me, be open, be honest, be transparent.
0: It's kind of like what, a little bit, Gavin, you were talking about the, what's in the best interest for them, right? Similar to what you were saying, Denise. All right. Good.
2: Yeah. To answer your question, Rob, I think you've got to ask yourself, first and foremost, okay, do you try and retain them? I'm going to ask, will I miss this person? Right. And what's the impact to the team? Because trying to keep people, I think HBR said, what is it? 50% of the people are back looking at the market two months later, if you do successfully keep them. So, I mean, in all honesty, if they're really decided to go and you've been able to dig into the reasons and they make sense to you and you have that best person's interest at heart. Yeah. Right. But if they're a superstar, it's another story. Maybe you can work something out and maybe you're not giving them what they really need and you didn't know it. And that's on me. I'll own that. Right. I should have known that, Hey, you probably needed more of X, Y, Z. Yeah. Uh, and that's, it's a time for your own reflection.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's part of the challenge. How many leaders actually do reflect. And even have the courage to ask the question of themselves, was it something that I could have done differently along the way, right? I think it's a great point, though, about asking, how does it impact the team? I'm not sure I would have thought of it because, again, it's the emotional reaction to it, right? And just really taking a step back and then asking some of these questions, even as simple as how does it impact the team, is pretty important.
4: I think that's a really good question. I, I, the other just thought is, is this coming as a surprise to you, mm-hmm. right? I think there's some especially in this market, right? I don't know what you guys find, but I mean, this is this is an employee's market, right? I mean, there's jobs out there and people are paying a lot of money for yeah. experienced people. So I guess when that situation happens, are you surprised by it? Did, did you get a sense that they were probably looking, were there cues that they were, if they were a real high performer, maybe, and they just became a little less engaged and maybe they passed it off as, like, oh, look, I just had some family stuff going on or whatever it is. I I was in a situation one time where this came to me. They weren't saying make me an offer, but they came and told me they were leaving. And this was a super high performer and it hurt when they said it, there were some cues that it was probably going to happen, but boy, it hurt. And I tried to do what you guys said and understand why they were making that decision. What was behind it? Was it more than just the money Did they put a lot of thought into it and those sort of things. And then in, in this situation, they they had a well thought out plan. They had a really solid reason in their mind for why they were making the move. And it's hard to, it's hard to argue for that, especially somebody who's a been an amazing employee, right? You have to trust them to do what's best for them in their career as much as it may hurt the team and your organization. I I don't know.
0: Did you try to retain them? Just curious.
4: Absolutely. Made the effort. I knew going into the the counter offer process that it wasn't going to happen. And so maybe I was like foreshadowing that. But I think that conversation about understanding why they're making those decisions is critical to planning your next steps
2: great point i think this just reveals that leadership is the most difficult job to try and manage your own ego <laughs> because <laughs> it ain't about you it's about them and their needs and to jim's point he said that you're thinking about you and how you can it's almost a reflection of you them leaving and it hurts right you take it personal and sometimes you have to back your ego out of this equation and just look at it without the emotion and say okay what have i missed or can i even give them something i had one that was leaving Because he felt the company wasn't going to be stable enough long term. And his motivation was look, I'm close to retirement. I don't want to be in a place where I'm out of a gig. So I'm going to go to something new. And he moved on with the next one because it was the same scenario. That was his real motivation. There's not much you can do about that. Right. So I think you have to find their motivations and you can do that by taking your ego out of it and really sitting and listening and asking the right questions. And if they do trust you enough, you'll get to that bottom line.
0: What would be the reason why? you would fight to try to retain somebody. Let's say you go through the process, try to understand the why behind it. Would there be a reason that you would come across to try to retain somebody? Because Kevin, I go back to what you said before. I think it's really good referencing that statistic in terms of somebody stays 50% of the times they leave regardless. In my observations, I've seen that more often than not, that eventually the person does leave. But just curious, if there was a reason why you would try to retain somebody, what would that be?
3: I feel that if you have really good relationships with your reps and a lot of transparency, you have an idea. It won't be completely a shock to you. It's just based on those one-on-one conversations you have of what they're looking for, what the company could do better, what you could do better, all of that, all right? But with all that being said, I still feel a high performer is very hard to replace. And if it is just a matter of money, and if you really drill down and find out that there's not a lot of other dissatisfactions, then it's worth it to me. Because replacing that individual, the time and investment the company takes and makes to do that, that's costly. We all know that in terms of time and money.
4: Okay. I agree with Denise and principle. I'm curious, and I've seen a lot on the like LinkedIn leadership channels about this. Like that, I think that guy, Grant's talking about. He's had this thing recently: pay people to stay, right? Because you know, to Denise's point, especially if you have somebody who's a high performer who's engaged, like all those things that are hard to find. And we're talking about usually a couple percentage of their overall compensation, right? Like it it would make sense to invest in them. My only question is, does that work? I'd like to hear of of a case example where that actually does work.
2: And I think to Denise, to your point, it's a high performer, but that motivation of why they're leaving may not be because they want to continue doing what they're doing. Yeah. Right. And it's, you have to just start digging in. Yeah. It may 99% of the time. I don't think it's about the money. I just don't. I think it's about their unsatisfaction. That's a word, non-satisfaction in their job. They may be burnt out on being in their role. What new role can you provide? If they're leaving for promotions or leaving for those things, it's hard to argue with, but if it's a straight up, just we're going from one job to the same role. All right. What what am I missing here? Again, what's motivating you to do that? Because if you don't understand their motivations, and sometimes they won't be honest with you enough to understand those motivations, so you'll miss out.
1: That's one side of the coin too. I think the other side of the coin is organizational issues, right? If you're leaving one job to go to the exact same job, albeit maybe you get a, a nice bump, but you're doing the same job, it's an organizational issue. There's something going on in either leadership or in culture or in the future of the business and where it's headed. Too many products, too much pressure being put on you to do that job. Their motivations might be, I just don't like what the organization is doing. I'm going to go elsewhere and do the same job, just a little different. Yeah.
0: I would agree with that. I mean, if it's straight up just money, Most don't typically leave just for the money. It's it's rare. I'm not saying that never is a scenario, but usually more money comes because they're just bettering themselves with a higher level role or something that's taking them further up the opportunity. It's it's rarely people leave just strictly for money. Not all the time, right? There's those scenarios, but usually there's other reasons behind that. And if it is purely just money, I would like to think you would probably know about that Along the way, because somebody's probably then underpaid, or at least there is a inequity in terms of where they're at versus everyone else. I've seen scenarios where organizations started losing people because they weren't benchmarked properly, right? And so that gets back to more of a cultural, Which
2: yeah. can mean yeah. a counteroffer that you bring more money to the table. It goes, why couldn't you have done this before? Like, you, exactly. <laughs> you knew I was unhappy, so- yeah. But what, what, now that I'm leaving, it's all of a sudden the leverage. And I think that's why people still tend to leave. It's You might take the counteroffer, but eh, it doesn't really satisfy. You're not satisfied still.
4: Think about what Kevin just said. I'm aware of a situation firsthand. It didn't happen to one of my employees, but one of my colleagues was managing a really high-performing employee at a organization. This person had been at the organization for a while. And sometimes if you have an employee that's been, uh, sometimes they can be a little underpaid compared it to people that have jumped. You see this as managers, you see this sometimes, right? People that jump, they get 10%. When they jump here, they get 10% there. So this person had been at the organization for a while excellent employee at every point along the way and was significantly underpaid compared to their peers on the team and in the broader organization. And it was a process to get this person up to the higher norm. And again, this person on a performance standpoint and on a behavior standpoint was in a very short period of time was among the leaders <coughs> in this group. It took a while for the pay to get there. And the manager had to fight really hard to get there. And at one point, This employee didn't really threaten to leave, but has a close relationship with the manager and told the manager, look, I'm talking to some other organizations here and I don't want to leave. But in this situation, it was a pretty significant discrepancy. And this manager was able to get that person up. I couldn't believe when they told me they got the bump that they did internally and they did. And that one did have a happy ending.
0: But that's a great example of paying your employees to stay, right? Where there is a clear inequity. And I wouldn't blame that employer for leaving if it's clearly that much of a disparity. But again, it goes back to even the relationship piece is important. That manager proactively tried to do something to head off what eventually would have happened anyway, right? Where that employee would have left.
4: This was probably a 12 to 18 month process. And When this first kind of surfaced, the manager tried to get like a, not a cost of living, but a market adjustment, I think yeah. is what this organization called. And- I don't want to say it was laughable, but it was not what this person needed to stay. So that kind of prompted the next step where this employee started testing the market. And through that process of interviewing with another organization, came back to the manager and said, look, I really don't want to leave, but... You know, the market adjustment wasn't what either of us thought it was going to be. And this is what another company. And then it was at that point that the mayor was able to go back and get a second like bump. And again, I'm picking the one situation that I can actually think of, but it was that had a happy
0: ending. And I think that's to the point where there's not many happy endings in these scenarios. Even when you try to retain an employee and if you haven't truly un- uncovered some of the issues or it just might be a band-aid. And you're just delaying the inevitable.
4: So right. Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah. No, I was just going to say,
0: you're, you're so right, Rob. I have not seen one of these
2: work out. Yeah. And not, not that I've, in terms of my leadership career, have one to where I've kept people. I've just seen other people try it. They're still looking. It was just a band-aid to your point. And I couldn't agree more. I just don't. My philosophy is if you're willing and ready to go, I just want to understand the reasons. Make sure it's right for you because I, the people I invest in, I care enough about to oh. say, I want to make sure it's right for you. And if it is, that's right. I can't really argue with it, right? Go do your thing and I'm thrilled for you and we'll celebrate you as a team member and what you contributed, but I just haven't seen them work out. So I don't yeah, believe that this will that's is my that's the, mindset.
1: That's the tough part. They, once their mindset is down that road, I mean, the things you had to go through and think about to take it to that step, yeah. there's a lot of things yeah. that, you know, information that you process, emotions that you process to get there. And so I always feel like when they're at that point, I don't think it's money most of the time. It's a great
3: point, great point.
0: They have one foot out the door, the yeah. other foot's going to follow yeah. soon after that.
2: Yeah. And I think this just again it boils down to how effective you are at building trust with your people and if you can get to that head of the curve and understand that and if they're willing to come to you and talk, great, because they trust you enough that you won't throw them under the bus, right? Mm-hmm. And that's hard to achieve, I'm not saying it's easily done, but I think that's the mindset leadership should take is I want to make sure I understand you and your motivations. And are we ticking those boxes? Because if we aren't, you are going to start, to James' point, changing your mindset and looking down the road somewhere else.
1: And I think as a leader, you have to be okay with saying, look, it may not be here where you get that XYZ experience or exactly what you're looking for. And our job is to help them get what they're looking for. It just may not be with us.
0: That's right. It's so true. I mean, I had a few employees where it was pretty clear they just weren't going to move to that next level. And I'm not saying that they weren't ready. In some of these examples, they were. It's just, it was unfortunate that the senior leaders in place at the time just didn't see it. And it was nothing, unfortunately, I was going to do that was going to change that or just the environment just wasn't there for them. And James, to your point, I've had a few of those discussions and said, listen, if you have this opportunity. I wouldn't be a good manager if I didn't have your best interest at heart. If you've got that opportunity to better yourself and take it to that next level, then I can't fault you for that.
4: You've all touched on this. I think try to have these kind of career conversations with people during the one-on-ones. And I don't know if you guys... Like I'm sure I don't have them as often as I should have them, right? Cause you end up, you're solving business urgent mm-hmm. time sensitive business needs. And oh, we got to take care of this project and all this kind of stuff. But you know, I try and at least have like once a quarter discussion with somebody about, look, how's it going? You were working on this project because you think it's going to give you this skill and to just do like a pressure check on, are they feeling that? we're moving in the right direction from a career standpoint? Are they happy with this additional experience they're getting with the the organization? Not to say that can insulate against these sort of things, but I think it might give you a little additional insight into where their head is. I think James, you mentioned, do they see like a long-term play for them here at this organization, right? Are they feeling like this is giving them now and setting them up for whatever they want to do like next or whatever? I had one manager at one of my prior organizations who was like a robot with this. And we would have one of these Conversations once a month, and I remember saying to her, "I'm like, oh my god, we just talked about this last month, but it was probably like a good practice that she was so disciplined about having these conversations." I mean, ironically, I left that organization, but it was not because of anything she had done. But it was she was amazing at having those conversations, and of course, when I told her I was leaving, she's, "I'm not surprised."
0: Well, I think that speaks to maybe part of what the solution here is. We're looking for. I think if you get that call and you're surprised there's probably some reflection you need to be doing on your end i think all along the way you should be asking the question if this employee sitting in front of me is going to leave what would be the reason try to figure out some of the reasons around that which gets back to a little bit of what you were saying jim just having these development conversations and trying to be proactive versus Reactive because once that you get that phone call, I don't know. I'm not very optimistic in terms of trying to invest all the time and effort when somebody's already got their foot their one foot out the door.
2: I think your counter offer argument in that sense, Rob, should start the day you hire somebody. What are your motivations? What are your what do you need to move on and stay engaged? Because the day-to-day job may wear on you and be boring because you feel like you've mastered it and you're getting. Board or the leadership, or what else do you need aside from money? What is it that you need to continue engaging your brain? And most people don't necessarily have an answer right away. And I think if you keep asking that question, eventually they'll come to you and say, hey, you know what? I want to do this. Yeah. And if you can provide some of that for them, well, guess what? You're preventing them looking for other opportunities in a way because, like, wow, this is something new. All of a sudden the brain starts to focus on that something new versus I'm not getting what I need. So to me, Day one. (laughs) That's your counter offer argument because people are going to go. Uh, and i don't think you can keep them if they've made that decision so i want to prevent them from leaving to begin with so just employ a deep dark shaft and a dog down below you can't leave (laughs) it's not happening
4: (laughs) so is there ever a situation where this makes sense i guess the one kind of denise brought up high performer who seems engaged and it is just the money but like i'm trying to think is there ever a situation where it makes sense to real to really go after somebody or is it just going to be like fait accompli they're going to couple months down the road, they're probably, it seems like that's what the numbers say. Most of these situations end that way anyway.
2: I think it's two years, 90% of the people leave once they've been counter offered. So it, again, are you truly hitting their motivations? I think mm-hmm. is the answer, but I'm a belief. I'll say it again. I don't believe they you're going to successfully maintain somebody if they've decided that decision.
3: Plus, you're always going to have that doubt, right? You're always going to have that doubt. You can't help it. It's going to drain on you and you're going to be looking into everything they're saying, how they're feeling, what their reactions are. I mean, if you really, truly care about keeping them and that's draining, that's taxing. So that's the only scenario where I could see me wanting to try to keep somebody. And do they they poison the
2: rest of your group, right? Are they, are they poisoned? in their own right, uh, that, okay, this, again, it goes back, will I miss this person? And how will it impact my team? If if they leave and all of a sudden my team gets happier, well, (laughs) that's your answer. And I think that's how you have to approach this too. Another piece of the puzzle. I'll
0: go back back to what, you know, to what Denise said before, I think is very important. How committed are they then really? Once they started looking, I think you're right, Denise, that would always be on my mind. And how committed and invested are they truly if they're already looking outside the organization? It's a fair question.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, you got to think that people could become bitter even after receiving the counteroffer. They're probably bitter to begin with. Well, yeah. Why <laughs> didn't I receive this earlier? Almost. Why did it take exactly. me leaving? Exactly. exactly. Vindicated,
0: yeah. right? Now they're going yeah. to just leverage that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Never
3: satisfied.
0: Let me ask you this. I'm not sure if this is, if this is, should come into play or not, but maybe this is just my own negative thoughts. But I always question the integrity of someone who goes, gets an offer, then comes back to the organization they're working at and tries to do a counter. Because if I was the hiring manager of that other organization, I would not be too happy at all and would question the integrity because this is just me personally. I could never do that to an organization, both sides of it, but that's me. And maybe I'm just naive. I don't know. So I just wanted to throw that out there.
2: It's funny you bring that up. I was in my preparation, Rob, 30 minutes before, but I actually went right. and read a few articles. I actually well, thir- prepared for this for once. That's impressive. 30 uh, minutes I know, usually, right? it's three I, minutes. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I had time. I'm at the lake. But my point is that HBR actually even talked about that in that it reveals somebody's integrity. Oh, really? They come to you using leverage. Like, mm-hmm. okay, what are the real motivations here to do this? And okay, are you dealing with someone you thought you knew? Maybe you don't. And it was also interesting. So to your point, what are their motivations and, and will they really be better off in the long run if we keep them, mm-hmm. if they've made that decision? And again, I know when I personally make a decision, I'm done, I'm fixed. It's I'm going. Mm -hmm. And I don't, to your point, Rob, I don't go back to them and go, well, hey, look, I've got a better offer. I'm leaving because you're not fulfilling what I need. And that's my decision. So it's time for me to go. And so I take that approach with people when they come to me. It's probably something that we're not given
0: yet. Yeah. Denise, excellent point, Kevin.
3: So I had a, I had a, a candidate actually that I was hiring for territory position and we came down to the offer he was wonderful I thought I mean oh my gosh I gotta have this guy and so forth and I presented his package and so forth and he said let me think about it let me sleep on it and talk to my wife he called me the next morning he accepted another position he used what I gave him to leverage to go to another company and boy did I feel first of all it kicked me in the gut but then it was like I died a bullet. I dodged Mm -hmm. a bullet. This is not a very, yes, not the guy I'd want on my team for sure. Not a character person. no, No integrity. This is a really
4: good conversation. I had not, I agree, especially if you have someone that's that blatantly just using this as a barter chip. When we approach this conversation I think we were, it was with the context of somebody who's really being disadvantaged, whatever. But in, in that situation, I think absolutely that speaks to their, they're willing to do that. Like what other corners are they willing to cut and what are they willing to tell you and tell the rest of the team and the organization? So holy smokes. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, I will say, it, and again, there are those out there who truly are, have legit gripes that might feel they're they were unfairly. Treated, passed over, whatever the case may be. But I would also hope if you're doing all the right things as a manager, you would know that along the way. I think that's just the reality. I agree with
2: you. And I think it also involves, to that point, a lot of the things we've talked about over this year and a half that we've done this or whatever is helping them to understand where their spot is in that company. And is this the right place for them? Right? Right. Even having that conversation with them saying, this might not be the right long-term based on what you want to do might not be the right place for you.
0: And I think the integrity or character element of it is important to consider too. All right. Awesome. It's a good conversation.
4: Do you think this is happening more often in this environment? Uh, I mean, it seems like this is happening way more commonly now. Do you, what do you mean environment, Jim? No. Well, I think in the COVID environment, something feels different about the last two and a half years. Well, that it's um, an
3: employee's market. Let's face it. I mean, there are so many jobs out there and- Yes, absolutely. I think it's happening more often for sure. For sure. Now, is it hitting us in pharma? I mean, it hasn't hit me yet, but I'm sure it's out there.
0: Definitely. I mean, we're in the great resignation right now. Right. Uh, Part of that is due to just, there's more opportunity just because of individuals who may not, who once had to move for different roles, no longer had to. Right. And so I can't blame somebody for taking advantage of that. There seems to be. An element, though, that I'm coming across where individuals that are able to achieve same roles for a higher pay, I'm coming across that working, been lately been working with more scientists on the medical affairs or the scientific side of the organizations, really struggling with finding talent and they're losing talent. And there seems to be, depending on the organization, some inequities. And, And this goes back to my point before That if you're truly losing talent because of equity, then that should be sending signals up the chain that maybe you're not benchmarked properly. But the whole hybrid or working from home has certainly fueled opportunities out there that once maybe weren't available. Does that make sense? Yeah.
2: It's changed the dynamic in a lot of ways of people not having to go in-house, right? Mm -hmm. Move, as you said. Yeah, to do certain roles, and uh, that changes them.
0: Particularly with millennials, if work-life balance is important, and opportunity, and there's a couple other things too, right? Opportunity for advancement and so forth. Manager, as always, but still, if somebody's got the ability to do the same role but do it from home or in a hybrid, millennials are going to be much more willing to make that jump. Mm-hmm. Than previous generations.
4: One other dynamic too about this whole work from home thing. One of the things I've seen, I don't know if you guys have seen this or I'm making up my own statistics here, but I've seen a number of, like, I've come a half dozen at least, skilled sales professionals that are not at the end of their career, but like towards the end. And they made decisions about where they want to live, probably accelerated departure to a different area that they like. And I've had these conversations like, oh, I wasn't thinking about moving for another five or seven years. But because of this environment, they've taken a role, different role, whatever it is, got them to a geographic location. And a lot of times they ended up making more money. So it was as much of getting where they wanted to go with some additional couple extra bucks and they got to a place they'd rather live.
0: Being in isolation for two years, especially in colder weather in cities will do that to you. Right? So yeah, there's a lot of whole different dynamics and variables at play here that just weren't prior to COVID. That's fueling a lot of us.
4: So they got to rewrite that paper. Remember that paper that we all read when we became managers? And most of the time when an employee leaves, they leave because of the manager. Like now as managers, right? Like we got to rewrite that, that narrative. It's not just the manager anymore.
1: All right, let's do a quick recap of this episode. So first and foremost, very rarely does someone leave a job strictly based on money. It's always great to ask good questions to understand what is exactly their motivations for wanting to leave. Second, keep in mind that while this is about them, it may also be about you. So take time to reflect on your own leadership style. Next, consider how this event will impact the rest of your team. Will it kill the culture? Will this person be missed? Will this be a welcome resignation? And lastly, recall that approximately 50% of employees who accept a counteroffer leave their job within 12 months. So buyer beware.
0: Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend or colleague who you think might also get some value from it. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session podcast.